That was Chris Isaac with Blue Hotel. Reporter Belinda Jackson was invited to experience a modern Melbourne CBD hotel built on a new Melbourne laneway, Timothy Lane. It's called Voco, Latin for invite or call together, and it looks five-star, has 24-hour reception, a talented chef and even a heated outdoor pool, but it doesn't come at five-star prices, breakfast included. Belinda spoke with Graham Kemlow, who dined with her and a group of travel writers at Voco last week. Belinda Jackson's uh, on on the phone again or on the line again. Uh, Belinda and I had a lovely lunch. She invited me to an Australian travel writer's lunch the other day in Melbourne at a new hotel. And it was an interesting enough hotel that we decided perhaps is something we should talk to our listeners about. And uh, we don't do reviews here on Travel Writers Radio, but I think this hotel is interesting from a number of perspectives. And I asked Belinda, because she also stayed in there on one of the nights over the weekend, and so she has a, a full appreciation of what this hotel has to offer. I think the first thing to ask you, Belinda, apart from saying hello and how are you, is um, how did you enjoy your night in the VOCO? Hi, Graham. Yes, I'm well, thank you for asking. Yes. Um, and I had a fabulous night in, in the VOCO Melbourne Central, which is what it's called. Yeah, so, that's its full name. It's from IHG, Intercontinental Hotels Group, isn't it? That's right. It's one of their upscale brands. So right. it's a four-star four hotel, which means it's, it's, there's a lot of lingo going around at the moment about what makes a three-star, four-star, a five-star. and uh, Or Vinco, a six-star in some cases. Or a six star, but they uh, whereas there has been some guidelines as to what makes a five star. Yeah. I think most most six stars are self designated. They absolutely so, are. Yeah. Yeah. If you have no shame and, and what's right. bling. This is <laughs> this is a seven star radio show. Oh, sorry. As you well know. David, I thought it was eight. I wouldn't have come oh, on. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, right. oh, okay. So I think the interesting thing about it, though, as you and I discussed the other day, it's a four-star with a bit of a five-star appearance. I think that that is actually a trend with hotels, uh, a lot of these. This is Voco's fifth hotel in, in Australia. Actually, huh. it opened its first in this brand, the first one in the whole world, like it's now spread right across the Middle East and, and, and beyond. The very first one was opened in Australia. So obviously we've got an appetite for this this four-star brand. So particularly with places like Voco Melbourne Central, it was a new build. And what you'll find is, is particularly with a new build, so they're able to integrate some of the, our expectations from five stars and put them into a four-star price point. And that's the difference between what they call a full-service hotel and a select-service hotel. So you might yeah. find... The most obvious way that you find something like that is if you go into the bathroom and you don't have any of those tooth, toothbrush kits, you've got to ring down to reception. So they're not laying on all of the amenities. But if you have actually left your toothbrush at home or you want a robe to dash down to the pool, yeah. you can still get one. But they're not just a matter of course because mm. there's a lot of things at play here. There's the price that we want to pay. But then there's also the cost of such things on the hotel's pocket, but also about the environmental and the sustainable costs as well. And I think what's interesting about this brand is that it is actually bringing a lot of that into its day-to-day -day activities with the hotel. Right. So it's it's got a sustainable reputation already, has it? Well, I think that it's it's working really hard to to create a talk of sustainability in its everyday 
you know, in an everyday setting. It's not right. like you have to do your recycling or something like that. But let me tell you something interesting. When I slept, when I put my head down on a pillow and I pulled the lovely fluffy duvet over the top of me, the fill, the insert for that pillow and for that duvet were was recycled plastic water bottles. And so, here am I, <laughs> here am I, <laughs> hoping you and your daughter, who stayed in there with you, wouldn't have a pillow fight thinking there'd be feathers <laughs> everywhere, but it's actually going to be smashed up Coca-Cola bottles everywhere. <laughs> I don't want to drop names on it, but... Yeah, is, is that not a better thing? But the, I what know. I was sleeping on, I am, um, you know, I was sleeping on um, uh, and surrounded by cocooned by 150 recycled plastic bottles, and yeah. I thought it was fabulous. I think it's just great, you know, rather than, you know, pulling feathers out of a. What, what did it dust. feel like? Did it feel like a beanbag sort of stuffing, or what, how would you describe it? It felt like a normal pillow, and okay. I was as warm as I was in a normal with a normal duvet, and and that's that's the key to it. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that you're that you're being a green superhero, and no. that, and that and that's the success for it. Isn't that the whole point of sustainability in our everyday lives? That it doesn't have to be hard. It just has to be smart. Uh, yeah, well, that's right. You know, the thing that I noticed is often if it's not a five star brand, the architects don't get to. Uh, release their full uh, kit of, uh, of of implements and tools. But uh, you could see in the public spaces, they'd gone to some detail to put in archways in, in the roof architecture or in the ceiling architecture, more correctly, and mono, monochrome colouring, which was interesting. You know, so it wasn't garish. It wasn't... It, it's it really, I thought, quite classy. I have to agree with you. I think it's quite a sophisticated design. I mean, if you're in a big brand, then you can tap into some of that experience from your other brands. Mm. I thought it was pretty classy, although that, that's not my word of the day. I thought it was quite a stylish hotel as well. It had mm. a really lovely palette of, of uh, a midnight blue and with gold accents on it. And because it is, it is located in one of Melbourne's newest laneways. It's called Timothy Lane is the, the entrance of it. And it's, in, it's uh, in the Melbourne central area. So it's very downtown. It's very laneways. And that's a sophisticated little pocket, I've got to say. That, you know, that's where a lot of our art and culture and, and design ideas emanate from. So if you had some dodgy-looking thing with, you know, scary red sofas and, and um, custard-coloured walls, it's, it's just not going to work. You know? No, I think it's not. I would call it a sophisticated little bolt hole in Melbourne's laneways. Right. And uh, your bolt hole in a Melbourne laneway is going to cost you about how much a night, do you, do you know? Remembering that it is a four-star and it is in the city, the prices do start from about two fifty a night, including breakfast. Okay. Um, and that, That's not uh, bad, including breakfast. It's not bad considering some of its rivals, you know, the five stars that are in the city. Um, I still think, I mean... It, I'm going to predicate this by saying Melbourne's hotel prices are so much more affordable than Sydney's. Yeah, but, but uh, still up there, still up there. It's, yeah, so uh, and, but that and is breakfast a, that can is be four star price. Breakfast can be forty bucks a head, and there were two of you, so there's another eighty on the bill if you were paying. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was well worth it. Mm. I um, the smoked salmon went down a treat, and they do have you know a chef there to do eggs and all of that sort of thing. Oh, that's nice. Breakfast so, area. The terrace is really beautiful where we saw... Um, is that where we had lunch? That's where we had lunch. So you're okay. really in the mid-levels of the CBD. So you've got all of these skyscrapers around you. And what I found was really interesting is when you look down, you really see the architecture of the city. You see the laneway structure and the streets in between them. But you see all of those fabulous little alleyways cutting in 
between. So yeah. you know, you, that and that's the most fascinating part of Melbourne. You've got this bird's eye view and you're looking down and seeing the structure of it. And I saw fabulous buildings that I hadn't seen before, you know, like the top of Hardware Lane. They were almost like Dutch canal houses with the, yes. you know, the, um, the tops of them. And I, I, I think that's one of the most fascinating things. You wake up in the morning and I had an, I had an east-facing view. So mm-hmm. I was looking out into this, you know, in through the, the bones and the architecture of the great city. You don't often find new builds on these small streets. Um, they mostly tend to stick to the grand avenues, you know, the, the Collins, and and there's a bunch going on Spencer Street, and there's some down around the Docklands area where there's nothing in the way. You know, they try to be waterfront, street front, and here, this Timothy Lane, I mean, Google couldn't even find it. Dropped me off the hardware lane next door. So... Uh, it, it is a new development and it may be a little bit unusual for that in the way that they've gone about it. Now, just to orient people, there is a shopping centre called Melbourne Central, but it's not in that complex. As far as I can judge, it's across the road and down the street a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, you've got to cross Elizabeth Street if you're walking west to get into the into the into Timothy Lane, and it's cut in it, it up that part of the city. You've got quite a number of new lanes, especially as they're developing the areas around when you go further up to Vic Markets. Yeah. So these are quite modern lanes. They they don't have the cobblestones that uh, that hardware places like Hardware Lane have got. Mm. But you know that's I mean that's all part of Melbourne, isn't it? You've got to be in the know. I always say that you walk down a laneway in Sydney and you're you know, quite possibly going to get mugged, but you walk down a laneway in Melbourne and you're going to find the hottest new hotel or the best new bar or that great little taco joint that everybody's been raving about but nobody can find. Or a brand you, new mural. Or a brand new mural. Or you click yeah. your heels and, 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 you know, and, and get a secret entrance into a club or something like that. And that's oh. what makes such places so successful. I mean, mm. you know, tucked away in there, you know, it's it's still got all of the services. You don't you you don't actually enter on the hotel on the first level. You have to go up to the sixth floor, which is where you'll find the the concierge and, you know, the 24-hour reception there. Right. And also the bar, and interestingly that's, you know, and then you'll find between the sixth and seventh floor where it's all happening for those public areas, and that's where you'll actually find a um, heated pool as well. Yeah, I and saw that. It's not huge. Yeah, exactly, and it has this fabulous overflow. So when you're there on a cold day and the water is heated up so so much, you've got all of this steam pouring off it, and it spills over the side. It's really quite amazing. Oh. You sit there and you just look out over the city and you think, you know, the world's my oyster, baby. It could be the infinity view with steam. I haven't seen that before. But you know what's really interesting about that little location? I mean, Mm. it is all really new and it is a new build in there, which gives us these lovely hotel rooms that they can orient so that no matter, like in my room that I was in, which is in the 08s, I was on the 22nd floor, Mm. I could see one entire wall of the room was uh, glass. So no matter if I was sitting on the bed or in... um, in the bathroom, you know, you were still looking out over the city. They did Is that like floor to ceiling glass? Floor to ceiling, yeah. Okay. Yeah, All no right. holds barred. But um, right. even though it's really new, uh, but what I found, found was fascinating also was that this location is actually was the home of the Cobb & Co stables, so, ah, which was okay. established here during the gold rush in the yeah. 1800s. That's why they named the brasserie the blacksmith, which I ah, thought it was. Okay. I was like, oh, you know, how are they ever trying to work some obscure angle? But actually, this was this was Cobb and Co stables. And what's that bar called? 
It's actually called the Blacksmith Brasserie and Bar, so it okay. is the same. And I was there on a Friday night and it was hopping. There were people sipping cocktails. And I think it's when in summer when it does open out onto the pool and the terrace, I think it's going to be quite a place to be. That was Belinda Jackson. But wait, she's got more news hot off the press. 